every couple I know makes mistakes. Um, some decisions have small consequences, uh, they become irritants. Others have really big consequences. And uh, one of the most devastating choices uh, someone can make in a marriage is to choose to be unfaithful. And sadly, I think pretty much every one of us knows at least uh, one or two or more people who have gone through that painful kind of trauma. Today, we're going to be offering help to those who have been betrayed. I'm John Fuller, joined in the studio by my focus colleagues, Aaron and Greg Smalley. And Aaron, you're a counselor. You've met with lots and lots of couples. Uh, What's it like for someone when he or she finds out that I'm being betrayed? Mm. There's an affair going on. Yeah, it's devastating. And I love the word that you use, John, that it's trauma, Hmm. because it is. There's a term called betrayal trauma, because it's very traumatic. It rocks your world. And usually people are feeling rejected, worthless, unloved, disrespected, failed, hopeless, helpless, you know, and just the whole gamut of emotion. And then you, you know, you're really, you're grieving the reality of this, that you never dreamt we would be here. And typically what I see is that people will often want to rush through the grief process Mm -hmm. and rush through dealing with the trauma and repairing. Because often there is once everything comes out and there's a reconnection, if they're fighting for their marriage, then it's kind of like, well, let's I want to get rid of that trauma and this. But you can't. And so it's just recognizing that usually it takes, you know, it can take up to two years or longer to recover from infidelity. But you're saying it is possible to recover. 100% hmm. that there is hope. Yeah. There's so much hope. Well, let's go ahead and hear the story of one couple. Uh, their relationship was rocked by an affair, and they speak very openly uh, about it. Uh, Jim Daly and I talked with Mark and Jill Savage, and you're going to hear um, kind of the circumstances that led to Mark's unfaithfulness and how it rocked their world. Mark and Jill, welcome back to Focus. Yes. Thank you. So good to have you here again. Um, This is a difficult subject, but for the radio listeners, podcasters Mm -hmm. can see this, but you have smiles on your faces. (laughs) I mean, you have gotten through this, you know, painful moment. I'm mostly concerned about those that are just stepping into this or they have Mm. suspicions and it may be around the corner Mm. for the listener, for the YouTube watch or whatever it might be. So that's the person I have in mind right now. And it's difficult. This is a difficult topic. It rips many marriages apart, like I said in the beginning. So I want to say thank Mm -hmm. you for your willingness to come and share it. Um, You know, it's hard to always share maybe your greatest sin ever, right? Mm. But it's for God's testimony that you do it. I know that. And the purpose of healing people, not hurting people. And for the listeners, I know if you're suspicious or your spouse has just told you something's up, it feels crushing, but I'm telling you, I guarantee this is going to be helpful to you today. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the reveal when it was found out that, uh, Mark, you were having an affair. What was that day like? What happened? Mm. You know, it was a, a bit of a longer reveal, I would say, because I knew that Mark wasn't in a good place emotionally. But What uh, was that intuition like? What That woman's thing that you kind of sensed, okay, he's not in a good place. Uh, he was discontent with life. Uh, he was easily angered. He had struggled because he had left church ministry a year earlier, and it just seemed like there was... My identity had uh, really been in the title pastor, and mm-hmm. uh, I would have never have understood that. And, just, and you would have said it wasn't. Right. But My the reality was... My identity's in Christ, not... 
And so right. it was, uh, I was just very confused and frustrated. So and that day came, what happened? So the first discovery was when it was, this relationship was just an emotional connection. And I discovered it on his phone. Um, he had, uh, we were out to dinner and he had gone to the bathroom and left his phone on the table. And this person had actually texted him. And I was like, what is this? Mm. And so we talked about it at that moment. I mean, we talked about the guardrails in our relationship and we have an agreement that I don't mm. text with a man without looping him in. And, you know, and he kind of um, said, yes, I minimized it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's no big deal. You know, this is, uh, she's going through a hard time and I was just having a conversation. So we talked about the fact that he needed to loop me in from that point on, which you did for maybe two weeks mm -hmm. and then it went underground and then about four months later I came home from a speaking engagement and Mark had fallen asleep with the phone in his hand in bed and I thought oh you know bless his heart he was so tired and I picked it up and went to plug it in and saw what was on the screen and saw that they had actually been together the weekend before and mm -hmm. I knew that this wasn't just an emotional affair. It had become a physical what, affair. What, what were your emotions like? Oh. What, I mean, I think we can all envision that, but I'd love for you to articulate that. I mean, it's betrayal and those things, but yeah. what, I mean, what? I mean, honestly, the, my very first emotion, I wanted to throw up, like yeah. uh, physically. I yeah. became physically ill, and I, I was, my mind was swirling. Like, what do I even do with this? I don't even know what to do with this, and. Um, I had a friend that knew that Mark was not in a good place. She knew that he hadn't been in a good place for a long time. And she had said to me on several different occasions, my phone is on 24 hours a day. And I was like, well, Beck, thank you so much, but I'm not going to call you at the middle of the night. And she was like, I know, I'm just telling you, my phone's on 24 hours wow. a day. What a and I'm going to tell you what. It was 1.30 in the morning when I had picked oh. that up out of his hand because I'd been speaking in Chicago, and that's about a two-hour drive home. So I'd driven home late, and um, I called my friend back, and I was so grateful. We cried on the phone. We prayed on the phone. She stayed on the phone with me most of the night. And all of this happening while Mark is in bed sleeping. sleeping. Yeah. Well, no, and that's a really important point huh. because a lot of things could have gone sideways right there, right? The mm -hmm. fact that you pulled back, called a friend. Hmm. I think that's incredibly admirable I mean, honestly, you. if you want to know the truth, I wanted to slap him, but <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I mean, sure, I wanted to wake worse, him up right? and pull right. him out of bed. Yes. And, you he know. is asleep. You could do a lot of damage. <laughs> right. But but I mean seriously, I yeah. mean that's an amazing first step that you made, which says a lot about who you are. Well, rather I'm... than going, you know, to the kitchen for an implement. I mean <laughs> right. seriously, I mean right. you know, th there's a lot of strange ways that people respond in this. Well, Greg, uh, all this month, our theme in these podcasts is actually addictions. Um, and we listened to Mark's story. I was reminded that an affair is pretty much an addiction. It's like drugs or alcohol or something else pinging the brain. Explain why it's so dangerous and why eventually somebody in that uh, pattern, if you will, is going to get a wake-up call. Yeah. Infidelity is called a flame addiction. 
And uh, you think uh, flame? Yeah, F-L-A. like a moth okay. drawn to oh. a flame. And what they found is that a person having an affair is really craving that other person, uh, wanting to experience that same addictive behavior again and again and again. And the reason why is it's, it's because of a complex, really chemical, hormonal, neurological issues that are going on. Our brain reacts in, in a very similar way to affairs as it does with highly addictive things. It's yeah. just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like infidelity prolongs uh, infatuation. The, the longer that relationship lasts, the stronger the sentiments of that infatuation get. So mm. that person just craves the, the feelings around that, that there's a rush of adrenaline it's like your breath is being taken away by this person. Hmm. We know that that's just what's going on in the brain. Their serotonin levels are decreasing when you're not around that person. And so your body literally is showing up depressed because huh. now you're not around. You feel empty. You feel lonely. This there's becomes this intense obsession with that other person. Now, the problem is, is that that this is a, a new, exciting, you think about secretive behaviors, people are, are drawn to those, you know, we're like these teenagers, you know, and our parents don't know what we're doing. It's that same kind of experience. There's this secret life yeah, and that just fun, exciting, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and it's having all the impacts on your brain as a drug would have. The problem is, is that eventually you discover that this person that you've had rosy colored glasses, you know, lenses looking at this person yeah. is human and flawed and has issues. And all of a sudden it's like a house of cards that begins to fall when you realize, wait, you know, th- this person has, has issues just like, you know, my spouse. And, and that's when things begin to unravel. And then there's probably someone's, you know, you're, you're eventually going to get exposed. This Mm. is going to come out. Things catch up with you. It it truly is a, is a house of cards. But the, the interesting part though, is how it impacts a brain and it just creates that intense addiction, that, that obsession to be around this other person, which is why people struggle Mm. really letting go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's also, you know, it's, it's important to recognize you kind of alluded to this, Greg, it's not based in reality. Right. Real life is paying bills and going to the grocery store, going to work, Dealing having conflict. conflict yeah. Yeah. And being disappointed that right. this yes. or that didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And it involves another human being, a flawed mm-hmm. human being. Yeah. And the uh, an affair is based not in reality. It's in a fantasy land that, you know, we meet up, we have these exciting times together, we go on these secret dates. Versus over here, I'm raising children, and maybe it's a hard season, and we feel disconnected. There's emotions involved, conflict involved, um, lots going on in reality. And like Greg is saying, it's a house of cards. Eventually, the fantasy world will crumble, Mm -hmm. and it'll be exposed. But it makes so much sense why so often it's hard to let go of that fantasy of that other person. Because there's an addictive component to it. You know, Aaron and I spent um, time interviewing some of our intensive therapists with our intensive program, Hope Restored, with some of our focus counselors, Mm -hmm. um, in addition to our own experience working with couples, and created a document to help people when the affair does come out 
and now you're going, what do I do? Or you just found out your spouse is having an affair. What do I do? What do I not do? We, we created something called Recovering from an Affair, and it really gives you a game plan. Yeah. It, it talks about do this, don't do this. It, it, it's just really helpful for that person. Either you had the affair or you found out that your spouse is unfaithful. It really will give you some clear guidance. So we'll put those in the show notes. Excellent. So hit the show notes. You're going to find a link to that uh, document, Recovering from an Affair. Very good stuff. And uh, biblically informed expert opinions and insights. There's no one size fits all, but it's going to offer a really good framework for um, stepping back in toward health. And if you need to talk to a counselor, we have some caring Christian uh, counselors here at Focus on the Family. Donors make it possible for you to call, request uh, a call back, and for them to spend uh, 20, 25 minutes with you on the phone, just hearing you out, um, offering some guidelines and thoughts about the next steps, and and that might be uh, an affair. It might be other addictive behaviors that we've kind of alluded to here on this episode. So uh, get in touch with us. The show notes have the details, or our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family. And if you can donate to support podcasts, uh, resources, our our caring Christian counseling team, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Make a donation of any amount that reflects kind of the help that we've offered you through these Uh, conversations, uh, make a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, and we'll say thank you by sending a copy of Jill Savage's wonderful book, Your Next Steps. And again, uh, links for how to donate and get the book and reach a counselor and that PDF, uh, that document, they're all in the show notes. We'll hear more from Jill and Mark Savage next time, and of course, from Greg and Aaron Smalley. Right now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of the entire team, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.